episode of A Pair of Bookends is sponsored by Dear Green Reads. They create handmade book sleeves and gift boxes for all your bookish needs. They also support small independent businesses and designers by working in collaboration with them. Head to our Instagram at A Pair of Bookends Pod for an exciting giveaway. Bookends, the book club you can carry anywhere. We are your hosts and hopefully your new bookish pals. I'm Hannah MacDonald and I'm Lydia Clare. This month's book club episode is dedicated to Vladimir, the new and exciting debut novel from Juliet May Jonas and published by Picador. Juliet May Jonas is a playwright and the director and founder of theatre company Nellie Tinder. She teaches theatre at Skidmore College and lives in Brooklyn with her family. Vladimir is her debut novel. But before we get started, Lydia, what are you currently reading? As of right now, nothing. <laughs> but let me tell you, I was cutting it fine for this episode because uh, I managed to finish Vladimir yesterday. Gorgeous. It's a book that you want to let sit with you mm-hmm. um, without giving too much away. So I didn't immediately jump onto my next read. Yeah. Um, I've got a few irons in the fire. Um, I'm thinking maybe I'm going to go for Great Circle. Maggie Shipstead. Gorgeous. She's been waiting for me. Gorgeous. Um, that was on my hopefuls list uh, for, for May. So I think I'm going to tackle that next. I might go for a little short read in the middle just before I tackle it because it's a big book. Yeah. So I might go for something small. I was thinking maybe Salt Slow by Julia Armfield, which is a short story collection, or maybe Small Things Like These by Claire Keegan. But before I read uh, Vladimir, I'd just come off reading The Island of Missing Trees by Elif Shafak. Oh my goodness, guys. It's amazing. <laughs> I cannot wax lyrical enough about it. It was beautiful now a book narrated by a fig tree is not my kind of usual fare but it is done so expertly it's so full of creativity and full of history and it's nature writing at its best let me tell you i loved it I really, Are we really surprised liked it. though. Were we surprised? No, not like, at all. Ten minutes thirty eight seconds was <sighs> Chef's kiss. We adored it. And, and so, so yeah, yeah, I am beyond, beyond excited for what she writes next. Yeah. But I have to say, I think it's up there with my favourite reads of the year. Wow, okay. Um because it's just fantastic. It so was a contender for the winner for the women's prize. Definitely. Gorgeous. Definitely. Well she's on the shortlist. Loved so. it. Is it being announced in June? Yeah, it's coming up now. I think mm. June the eighth, I think. Gorgeous. But I'm very excited for it. And I really so far of the ones I've read, I, I really, really loved that. But did it beat Sarah and Bliss? Mm, Sarah sure. has such a special place in my heart. Mine too. Anything will beat it. Mine too. Um, but it was a, a wonderfully, wonderfully constructed story. Uh, what about you? Have you been reading anything recently? So I'm the same as you. I uh, only finished Vladimir at <laughs> ten past one this morning. <laughs> so I'm currently reading nothing uh, because that was my last read. But before that, I was reading, uh, rereading. Conversations with Friends by our girl Sally Rooney. Mm, beautiful. 
loved the reread. Um, that was actually in my adult years the first time I've reread a book. I was going to say you're not a rereader, are no, you? Really, not. not a big rereader no, at no, all. Not at all. Um, so this is my first time. How did you find it? I loved it. You know, I loved it, and I felt like enough time had passed for me to not remember everything. When did you first read it? I think 2018. Oh, right. Okay. So that's yeah. been a, a chunk yeah. of time. Good chunk of time. Yeah. There was, you know, new things that were that I was finding and things that I maybe hadn't noticed before. And obviously I've had new experiences in those years mm. that have passed since. So there's maybe certain things that might have affected me more, but I loved it. I, I mean, I love anything that Sally Rooney writes. She could, <laughs> I could read a shopping list and probably love that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so excited because the adaptation is coming out on Sunday. Okay, guys, time it. How long was that before she mentioned an adaptation <laughs> for you bookends that follow us along? <laughs> but it's, it's out on BBC iPlayer on Sunday. And uh, so by the time this episode goes out, it'll have already been out. And I'm sure it's going to be a massive hit again. Mm-hmm. Obviously, normal people was just, I mean, obviously it was during the first lockdown that normal mm-hmm. people uh, went on BBC iPlayer and it was like huge. Mm-hmm. But I really think... Um, that she's kind of got enough of a fan base around her now that this will just, yeah. I, I can imagine there's going to be so many people tuning in on Sunday. I'm wondering what people are going to think as well, because a lot. I think a lot of people that watched, uh, and there were a couple of members of my family who have watched normal people, they're not mm. readers. Yeah. So um, they enjoyed the, the yeah. adaptation very much. Um, I'm wondering what they're going to think about conversations with friends, because it's such a different story in a way. It is, yeah. Um, whether or not they're, they'll expect a kind of Marianne and Connell type vibe, type yeah. vibe yeah. And, and how that's going to go down with people that are just viewers rather than mm. the, the readers as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am excited though to see what they do with it. Mm. Um, I hadn't imagined, I, mean, I think the casting is brilliant, but I hadn't imagined Nick to look the way he does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nick looked different in my head. Yeah. He was like dark hair. Did he still look hands. different on your reread? Yeah. 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 Even knowing what he's Even knowing, what he looks yeah, like yeah. in the casting of it. Yeah, to me, he's dark hair, dark eyes. He's a bit older. Yeah. Because I think on the adaptation, the casting for that, they look quite similar ages, him and Francis. Yeah. Whereas obviously there's like a ten year age gap. Yeah. Um so he looks a bit older in my head. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm excited to see what they do with it. I'm trusting them. I mean, yeah. I adored normal people and it's the same creators. I know Lenny Abrahamson is the director again on this one. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm expecting big things and um yeah, I'm really excited. And Sally really knows how to write a good good sex scene. Oh let so, me tell you. I mean, the whole of um Beautiful World Are You. Yeah. Like literally I lived for the sex scene. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> We're coming up to it now. It was just it was it the thing is, it's very realistic sex. Yeah, massively. But very sexy at yeah. the same time mm-hmm. and very sensual. And I think yeah. that's so hard to get. Yeah. I am a cringer when it comes oh, God, to sex scenes. Yeah, same. I am like like please don't because like especially when people like call it like i touched her sex it was throbbing oh, and i'm like right okay i need to no. just burn you um <laughs> but i think that she does it in such a sort of realistic mm-hmm. way yeah that it kind of feels natural it yeah. feels like a natural part yeah. of the narrative and uh, yeah and I love it. <laughs> I think if we haven't already waxed lyrical enough about Meg Mason's sorrow and bliss and about our love for all of Sally Rooney's books, mm-hmm. then you can probably guess that any new book that they release, we will 100% be doing an episode on. Yeah. 
like Guaranteed. there's no doubt about it as soon as you see that coming out you're just gonna know that we're gonna do an episode on it so <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah love my reread really excited for the adaptation and yeah maybe we could do i mean i'm trying to convince lydia to do an episode on the adaptation but whether she'll let me or not i know this is a podcast about books lydia but i mean she's going beyond the remit <laughs> I would uh, no. I would. I think it'd be a nice exploration to yeah. explore Sally Rooney's work and the adaptations that come from it. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> should we talk about Vladimir? Let's talk about Vladimir. Gorgeous. Lydia, would you like to intro it for us? I'd love to. So I'm going to read the blurb for you. Perfect. So it's described as a provocative, razor sharp and timely debut novel about a beloved English teacher as she faces a slew of Me Too accusations against her professor husband from his former students, a situation that becomes even more complicated when she develops a sexual obsession of her own. And there's a quote from the book on the back and it says, When I was a child, I loved old men and I could tell that they also loved me. So, Hannah... Tell me, what did you think of Vladimir? So I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the concept is brilliant. Obviously with books like Lolita and books where it talks about power dynamics in relationships and kind of people taking advantage of their power, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually told from the perspective of either the abused or the abuser. Mm-hmm. It's usually told from one of the two perspectives. And I thought it was really interesting to look at it from the wife's perspective. Yeah. I think she was a brilliant... (laughs) Words. (laughs) I think she was a brilliant protagonist. Mm -hmm. Um, Really uh, different to protagonists I've read before. Not entirely likeable. No. No. And I liked that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, She... We've spoken about this before on the podcast where um, I, I think I said about there being a new wave of female writers writing, um, I think it's when we were talking about Sorrow and Bliss, about yeah. a new wave of female writers in contemporary fiction where protagonists are being written and it's not your stereotypical female protagonist. Yeah, They're unlikable, they're complex, they have all these um, traits and it's just what makes them human. Yeah, And I really liked that in this. And um, there was a really great thing that I read online earlier which um, was about the book and it said about how the book is kind of an exploration of the boundaries of morality up against the impulses of the human heart oh wow yeah and i and i love that because it just articulates it so perfectly yeah that is exactly what it is and Mm -hmm. i think you know there are kind of nuances and there is a massive gray area about power and desire and how do you navigate the two and lust and love and desire are just such complex emotions yeah and um like human impulses and i thought it it explored them so well yeah and there was just so many twists in it that i just wasn't expecting yeah i mean i was like hang on it wasn't the book i thought it was gonna be (laughs) not at all i was like hang on what is going on here what's the bits i would have liked to have been explored more yes um but overall i did enjoy it and i think for the perspective that it's told from alone, um, I would really recommend it. Nice. What about you? I enjoyed it. Gorgeous. I did. I did. I didn't love it. Yeah. I didn't love it in the way that I thought I would. Okay. Because when I read the when I read the blurb, like mm-hmm. I've just read to you guys, like it struck me as a, a certain type of book, and it is not. Yeah. That book. Yeah. Um. So I think 
I struggled with because I went into it thinking this is going to be a certain type of narrative. Yeah. And then it wasn't. Yeah. I was like, whoa, 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 what's going yeah. on here? And so it took me a while to kind of get to grips with the vibe of it. Yeah. I um, don't feel that we got into the accusations as much as I would have liked. Yeah. Yeah. I would have wanted to hear more. This is a spoiler alert, guys. We've given you a warning. Um, obviously, at the end, mm-hmm. um, when the woman that's one of the accusers has come to speak to his wife. Yeah. Now, I'm confused. Do they mention the name of the wife or is she unnamed? She is... Ooh, hang on. I think she's unnamed. How crazy is that that I didn't even notice the whole way through? I'm pretty certain she's unnamed. Yeah, she is. She is. I'm I'm 100% sure they don't say what her name is. I don't think anybody calls her by anything at any time. I don't think so. And I feel like that's purposeful if she is. Yeah, she's very anonymous as a person, isn't she? Because that's interesting because obviously the book is called Vladimir. That's about the man that she develops this obsession with. And obviously her husband is John. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really interesting idea to toy with. Mm -hmm. That the women are always kind of these second thoughts. Yeah. In the middle of these situations. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they are kind of, it doesn't matter what the name is, it doesn't matter who they are. Mm-hmm. Whereas obviously this book is like told from her perspective, but it doesn't mm-hmm. name her. I just think it's a really interesting choice. Mm. It is It is a very interesting, interesting concept. And I think that for me, again, with most of these kind of like dark academia books, I yeah. find it hard because it they always come from a very privileged background. And so I do find it hard sometimes to relate on a level. Yeah. Because... She's like going out and buying like three thirty-pound bottles of wine and yeah. olives and. Yeah. No, although I really enjoyed. I know you. I knew you would. <laughs> I knew you would. I was reading it and like this has got everything on it that that <laughs> Hannah would buy. I loved. I loved all the like shopping lists. I was like, <laughs> I wish books would tell me more. <laughs> what are they going out buying? And it tells you so much about a person. It does. What it are does. they going out and buying? It I does. Know. Um, and why was she buying roasted chicken? Why is she not roasting it chicken? herself? Because she's that privileged. She doesn't need yeah. cook. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I found some issues I found with it. But I think overall, it was compelling. I felt yeah. like I needed to read more. I needed to know what was going to happen, particularly with Vladimir yeah. and her obsession with him and... Um, there's a scene in it where they go to her sort of like cabin yeah. place yeah. and there's a scene involving some zip ties and a chain. And I just, at that moment, I was like, this book has just completely turned me on my head. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, I felt what? The same. Yeah. What is going to happen? Yeah. And, it was, and then the fact that it, this situation is resolved in a, in a way that I didn't think it would be resolved. No, no, no. At all. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. Okay. It's okay. a really dark turn. And I was then, like, oh, okay, yeah. where are we going here? And I think it could have been, it could have been a lot more adventurous in that sense. Yeah. In the, yeah. It could have got really dark. But did she avoid the cliche by doing that? Did she bring it back and say, you know what? This isn't, yeah. this is going to be realistic. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I thought the, the protagonist was like whoop smart in the way yeah. she came out with all these oh my like gosh. excuses. I don't know how she did it. pulling these out the back? Like she made it. I was like, like kind of okay with what she was doing. Yeah, it's it's strange. Really it? makes you start your morals, and I love mm. books that do that. But I also so, thought, you know, along the line of there being twists, because there are a few twists in the book, aren't there? there are. I did think when he said, "I know you sent those texts," mm. I thought, okay. Mm-hmm. Where's this going to go now? Mm-hmm. Because I thought then he was going to 
it was going to take a dark turn in that he was then going to reveal that he's been onto her all along. Yeah. That he was then going to maybe attack her or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that he was then going to reveal that he was actually into this kind of thing, mm-hmm. that he was maybe had his own obsession with her. Mm-hmm. I thought something else was going to happen and mm-hmm. it didn't kind of... But like you said, it maybe it is clever in the sense that it pulls it back. Yeah. And it makes you think I felt it's going like it constantly route. restrained itself. Yeah. yeah. I think... I found it fascinating. Like we were talking before about Sally Rooney. I think why we love Sally Rooney so much is that she doesn't always give us what we want. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a really great thing that we're seeing in contemporary female writers at the moment mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they are toying with the audience in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exciting, isn't it? It's so exciting. And what I loved about the protagonist, and I'm going to keep calling her the protagonist because she doesn't have a name, and her obsession with Vladimir, Mm -hmm. was that when he was actually with her, she kind of didn't feel anything. No. And she was kind of a bit put off by it. It was the idea of Vladimir. And when he was like off in a kayak, she was like, oh, now I feel turned on because he's away from me. me, And I can think about you. I think... There is that, isn't there? Like, have you ever, like, you know, had fantasies about people before and been, you know, had these kind of thoughts of what could have been with somebody? Mm-hmm. Something had gone ahead or if you had... No, but if you'd, yeah, if you'd... If you'd pursued. Like, pursued, that's If you'd it. pursued a relationship with somebody and then it hadn't been what you'd expected mm. and it had disappointed you, like... I think sometimes the fantasy is more exciting than the real thing. Yeah, yeah. I think as well, like, the the scenes where she's with her husband. Yeah. And her kind of sitting there and I think there's a scene in it where she's, like, sat in the bath and he, like, walks in Mm. and, like, he's, like, farting and, (laughs) you know, he's just, like, your husband, Mm. you know. And I think the reality of of him, she wouldn't want that same reality with Vladimir. She doesn't want him to be a person. No. She wants him to be a figure. Yeah. She wants him to be a fantasy. Yeah. And he's actually a real person yeah. and with flaws. Yeah. And as the narrative goes along, you see her realise this. He's a bit self-obsessed. He looks at himself all the time. Mm. He's very aware of the language he uses. These little flaws yeah. that come out in a relationship when you've been with someone for a while and you think, oh, God, you mm. drive me mad. Like, she's starting to discover already. And yeah. I think she thinks this isn't my fantasy. Yeah. I think that concept is really interesting to see. There were a lot of moments in there where I kind of was unsure on the characters and like who they were. Like motivations. Yeah, what their motivations Mm. were and whether they were the person that I thought they were. Mm. So like there was a really strange moment for me where she showers with her adult daughter. Yeah, peculiar. And I was like, what is going on here? Mm. Like, who are you as parents? But then it, it wasn't strange yeah i think you know what i mean it was like you 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 thought it was going in a particular route and you were like Mm. hang on i don't i don't like what this character's doing right now Mm. but then it would go off in a totally different i think especially the character of the daughter said i found it hard to understand how she could i mean she was very drunk in that scene Mm. but i found it hard to understand how she goes from really hating a mom yeah i mean she was really furious at her about the situation to go from that to them being like really dependent on her and being like yeah give me a wash and maybe i needed to know more about sid Mm. and their relationship as mother and daughter because it was touched upon but not delved into yeah and i think if i'd maybe known about that more it might have shed some light on why those those situations were normal for them or were were something that they had to do or like to do whatever um because i mean there's nothing wrong with taking a shower with, with your daughter and wanting to keep get her clean and get her sober yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But that character 
them two characters doing it. Oh. I'd like I'd need a bit more background, I think. On a general level, I thought it was really well done, well plotted, well paced. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I did. Good. <laughs> what did you think of the ending? Shocked. Yeah. So if you've not read the book and you don't want to know the ending, do not listen to this bit, skip ahead. But I was very shocked. Um, and I thought it told, I don't know, for me, I don't know whether it went a little bit too dramatic. I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah, I thought the fire was, no. like, I wondered if it was Vladimir that had caused the fire. Oh, like, deliberate. Yeah, I thought the fire, I wondered if the fire was deliberate. And I didn't know if maybe John had done it or mm. whether Vladimir had done it mm-hmm. or... You know, maybe she'd done it herself because the way that they, the way I'd imagined them where they just kind of accepted the disaster that was their life. Yeah. And they kind of curled up in bed. It was kind of like reminiscent of me of the image of the, and this is the thing that gets me the most in Titanic, the old couple. Old just, couple? Yeah. That's the bit that makes when me cry every time. Yeah, me too. It's the, it's the hardest bit for me is that they just accept their fate. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, yes. and it, it was really reminiscent of that for me. Like, you know, they just kind of accepted their fate. Like, oh God, like we're stuck together and this is our life. You know, mm. they've had the opportunity to leave one another and mm. they've had the opportunity to not get wrapped up in each other's messes and yet they've stayed together. And it was kind of a nice ending image for me mm-hmm. in that they were like, what even is our life? Like... We're, we're together now like yeah you know, this is this is all whatever but then when this fire happened i was like where is this story taking me again yeah <laughs> it was just that odd thing going way, yeah, we're going another like i'm so confused but not entirely a bad decision no no by the writer but i just think it was it was a peculiar choice i wasn't sure it entirely worked for me yeah what, like what is the choice with them being disfigured by their burns mm. and because there's got to be a specific choice in that you know yeah. it's not just that there's been a fire and they've escaped it. That well, I think that that leads me on to my question for you. Oh, okay. So I was wondering about what you thought the novel says about body image. At the end, she is disfigured. Yeah. 22% of her body or something yeah, is, is burned, yeah. covered with burns. I found it interesting that Sid, her daughter, who is 27. Yeah, she's young. Same age as me, I think. Mm-hmm. And if I remember rightly, she didn't mention anything about her own body image. Mm -mm. And obviously she got in the shower with with her mom. Like she wasn't kind of ashamed of her body in any way, wasn't embarrassed by her body. I think it would have been interesting to see if her mother's own issues with body image had impacted her daughter. But I don't know if it was kind of an interesting look at older generations and how obsessive they've been with body image and how newer generations aren't so bothered by those things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. also that her mother was in a more kind of heteronormative relationship and she was in a queer relationship is that you know a reason maybe why she wasn't as kind of not accepting of her own body or um, maybe if if she loves women's bodies maybe she loves her own exactly no i thought it was a really interesting look at kind of the links between desire and body image and how we perceive our bodies in relation to how we want other people to perceive us. Yeah. And I think because, you know, it is a book about kind of like dark academia and stuff and about like the power dynamics in academic settings Mm -hmm. and, you know, how these toxic relationships can happen in those settings. And, you know, she kind of talks about what it was like for her as a child, Mm -hmm. not as a child, but like as a student Mm -hmm. um, and growing up and what the teachers, the male teachers were like with her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
like you read on the quote before, like old men seem to love her mm. and did they love her because of the way she looked? And, you know, there is a moment in the book where one of her students who she adores is Edwina mm-hmm. and she's kind of like, I'm not interested in all this kind of white women bullshit, basically. Mm. And it really called into question, you know, how damaging it is that these women are kind of competing with one another yeah and they don't wish to be but ultimately they are and not just on an academic level which you would think in a college environment but literally on something so stupid as how you look yeah and what weight you wear yeah so i think it was a really it was really interesting when edwina called into question the whole kind of idea of of race and how Mm. well you know it's all these white women fighting over this white man I don't care for that. And she doesn't have the privilege yeah. to be bothered by it. Yeah. She can't be. Yeah. Because she's got so much yeah. else to fight for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I did I did enjoy the kind of enjoy is probably not the right word, but I did like how body image was explored and how, mm. you know, she talked about her weight loss and her weight gain and how she cut out alcohol which was something that get, brought her joy you know and it was a kind of a nice release for her mm-hmm. but she cut that out because it meant cutting out those extra few pounds that she kept putting on she couldn't shift that weight and yeah. so no I thought it was an interesting thing to be explored in terms of you know these power dynamics these toxic relationships you know the ideas of desire mm. and what it is we desire and the types of people we desire yeah and I think it was interesting as well. Obviously, I'm really interested in female body image, mm-hmm. but also I think it was interesting in um, the comparisons between her husband and how he probably didn't have to care for his body image. No, yeah. But there was a certain way about him that all these young, you know, amazing, talented, bright young women were attracted to this man who probably didn't have anything going for him in terms of, you know, in terms of looks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, they were still being drawn in by him. Yeah because of his power yeah and she says at yeah. some point doesn't she that women are attracted to power yeah and that and i think that's interesting how unequal it is between men and women mm. and how i know obviously there is a massive issue with male body image but it feels harder for women and obviously i'm speaking from a woman's perspective i can't speak on behalf of a man but as somebody that struggled with eating disorders and with my own body image and coming from a family of women who have all struggled with their body image, mm. it's difficult for me to sympathise with a man. Yeah, and because particularly... Because like have it slightly easier. In that male-dominated environment yeah. of academia, because mm-hmm. it is a male-dominated yeah. environment, um, I think that it's in- intriguing to see that play out, Yeah, them dynamics play out in that environment, mm-hmm. because it, I think it reveals a lot yeah, about sure. society and about sure. culture. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Well, I loved, I loved how it... It approached the idea of getting older. Yeah. And dealing with your body changing. Yeah. Um, and things like feeling the cold a bit more and yeah. and um just the fact that you can't get rid of cellulite and, you mm-hmm. know, all of this all of these things that she was so preoccupied with. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, we don't hear a lot about older women mm-hmm. and the struggles that they face. Yeah. Because of aging. Now, there's nothing wrong with aging. But we are told that we shouldn't age visibly. We should yeah. not look older. We should not, you know, you don't, you shouldn't have wrinkles. You shouldn't let your skin sag. You you know, your boobs have to be per. You have to yeah. be, you know, have no cellulite. You yeah. basically have to look like, like you did when you were 20. Yeah. When, when you're 60, which just is not, not physically possible. Yeah. Um, and, and how, how that's so 
not, not the case, case. Mm. for men. Yeah. You know, yeah, as men get older, they're distinguished. Always a silver fox or, you yeah, know, all of this, this stuff. Yeah. I, I love the way it handled that. It was refreshing to read. Like, I don't know many authors at the minute that are going out and writing writing novels about women who are older and the struggles that they face. So, yeah, I loved that. I really did. What did you think about um, Vladimir and his relationship with his wife and his wife's character? I thought they were very codependent. I understood that Cynthia, his wife, had had mental health struggles, but I felt like he was not complicit in the situations that had happened, but I felt like there was a part of him that enjoyed being the caregiver, enjoyed being the responsible one, enjoyed being the kind of stepping up to the plate. And that's also an interesting look at, you know, a power dynamic in a relationship. Massively, yeah, massively. Um, And the fact that she went back to work and... Yeah, and and I thought in the beginning that he was quite a devoted husband mm. and father. And then when he was talking to um, our protagonist about, you know, her suicide attempt and discussing, like, you know, their wants for, like, more mm. children and things like that, I thought he was quite cruel about it. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting him to be. Mm-hmm. So that kind of put him in a different light for me. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, okay, you're not the person I thought you were. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, like I've said a couple of times, you know, I really like that Julia shifts, you know, what shifts the character's motivations and shifts how you, the audience's perception of that character. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you think they're this one person, but actually they're also this and yeah. they're also this and they're also this. She's great at kind of like letting you down. So yeah. you think, oh, yeah. he's really not. Oh, no, he's But not. we are complex as people. Yeah. So, you know, the complexities are real. Mm-hmm. And and the hypocrisies as and well. The hypocrisies. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really important because, like, I'm a massive hypocrite. I'm sure you are, in, like, <laughs> you know, in various aspects of yeah. my life. Yeah. Like, and you think, oh, I'd never do that next week. You know, you're doing it. Like, yeah. it, you, it's just, you can't help it. It's a natural part of being yeah, a human. Exactly. Um, and I think that it's it's actually really interesting to see that written. Mm. Um, and you don't see it very often. No. Did you believe that Cynthia and John weren't having an affair? I didn't think they were. Oh, really? Mm. See, I thought they were when, when our protagonist and Sid had seen him entering the building and had seen that mm. Cynthia was the one opening the door and bringing him in i was like wow okay like i just felt like it was too perfect i felt like it was uh, there okay, to give okay. her the excuse to go and yeah, i was yeah. like there's there's something not right here and i mm. thought this is a bit presumptuous for a start if that was my boyfriend or husband going into that room with her i'd have freaking followed him yeah and i'd have opened that door and said what are you doing yeah but i think that yeah it felt slightly like a plot device slightly for me yeah. but also I felt like she doesn't know enough yeah. to presume that that's happened, which I can, it is revealed obviously to Vladimir as well. Vladimir says, oh, you know, you caught them, you know, in a compromising position. And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, no, you didn't. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah. She literally just touched him on the hip. Yeah. Um. So I was, I was also gutted um, by the ending that like, we didn't see how Vladimir and Cynthia's relationship was resolved did he go back and tell her yeah what they're just done? gone aren't they yeah yeah and, and he'd obviously sent that message mm-hmm. so protagonist had sent the message to cynthia from vladimir's mm-hmm. phone and i wanted to know what her reaction was i didn't want to know that they'd had a back and forth i was like what is the back and forth yeah what's been said between you mm-hmm. how does she what is she thinking does she know mm-hmm. where you are does she know who you've been with mm-hmm. i wanted to know the answers to that yeah i was really interested in their relationship and i don't feel like i was given enough 
Um, you were left wanting. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I know authors like to play with that. I was like, honey, just tell me why. I, I know, but you know what? Know. We're like, we want to know every detail Do of you? every person. I, <laughs> I want to know. Make the book a thousand pages, please. Thank you. No, Lydia, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> you with the bloody stand by Stephen <laughs> King. I don't bloody think so, sunshine. I can't help it. I can't help it. <laughs> I have got another question for you, Lid. Oh, go on. Uh, you've got the book in front of you, so I'm going to ask you to pass me the book. Oh, all Which right then. Um, so I'm just going to read this little section because it leads into my question. Mm-hmm. Vladimir was eight years older than his wife. Well, the age difference shouldn't have bothered me. I was five years younger than my husband. Eight years is not such a great difference. And yet all women recoil a bit when a male chooses a younger woman as a life partner, even if everyone is a consenting adult and a power dynamic does not seem to be present. We know that the younger woman perhaps feels chosen and the older man perhaps feels lucky. We know there's a sense of promise in the younger woman from the perspective of the man and a sense of reverence for experience from the perspective of the woman. So I think what I wanted to ask was, obviously the book explores kind of power dynamics and age gaps in relationships Mm -hmm. and how obviously Vladimir is older than his wife. John is older than protagonist i'm right in saying that mm-hmm. aren't I? yeah and obviously i was going to ask how would you feel if this was a woman but then the protagonist is older than vladimir and she's trying to pursue vladimir mm-hmm. and obviously john is pursuing all these younger students and these younger relationships mm-hmm. but how do we feel do we feel the same when it's a woman pursuing younger men than we would about an older man i think it's interesting because normally i think that you would feel differently about it yeah, because of the norms of society. We think that men pursuing younger women is disgusting, but a woman... Yeah, we think it's kind of predatory, don't Yeah, we? predatory, yeah. and that a woman is a cougar because there's a point in it where, where she, she gets, gets some drugs and she pours it into a drink mm. and gives it to Vladimir. Yeah. And this, this is essentially almost the equivalent of date rape. rape. And oh, yeah. I, I was, was freaking out. out. Yeah. I was like, like this, this is not right. right. No. <laughs> and, and I think that what Julia does really well with the narrative is she pushes those boundaries with you. So she says, you think that she's a cougar. You think that that's something to be applauded. Yeah. But look at what she's doing. It's predatory. It's the same as what John's done. Yeah. She's yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, it's a little bit on a larger scale. You know, this obsession yeah. is is predatory Mm -hmm. and just because she's a woman doesn't mean she's not culpable doesn't mean she's not responsible for those actions that she then takes yeah um and i i did i thought it was a really interesting exploration of that yeah um what about you it really books like this really make me question like my own morals and it's like okay Mm. so i would be kind of disgusted by an older man doing it but then at the start of this book i was kind of like oh it's okay she's an older woman she it was a bit sexy wasn't it yeah and I quite like Vladimir. I was like, I was like mm. the same about a man doing this. Exactly. So why do I think that? So, but I like it when an author makes me question my own views, mm. my own opinions. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, like it is predatory what she's doing. And yes, drugging him was totally wrong. Mm-hmm, Don't mm-hmm. agree with that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Don't agree with her getting cable ties and tying him to a chair. <laughs> <laughs> quite no. horrified by that. No. Um, I mean, the reader in me that loves a darker kind of twist in a book mm-hmm. enjoyed that yeah for me as a person was kind of like this is wrong yeah no exactly <laughs> and it's 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 like if those roles were reversed and it was john in yeah. the cabin and this young woman say it was cynthia yeah and he'd done he'd done the same to cynthia we would be furious yeah and it's like well why do we feel differently because it's it's the 
female protagonist mm. doing it. Um, so yeah, it brought up a lot of questions for me, and I thought that it, it's nice to be challenged. Yeah, it's yeah. nice to have yourself, your perspective kind of questioned. Yeah, and be like, oh, I feel yeah. differently about this. Why? Well, I think what I found so clever when I read Lolita mm-hmm. is obviously it's told from the perspective of the man that's pursuing like this young girl, and you know he is a paedophile. So yeah, but when you're inside his head, and I think it's you know it's a testament to the writer it's really cleverly written Mm -hmm. that you're kind of although you know in real life for this to be completely wrong and completely horrifying and totally disagreeable but you would never agree with something somebody doing something like that Mm -hmm. and you'd be horrified by it but when you're inside his mind you're kind of not agreeing with his logic but seeing his logic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that's really kind of adventurous for a writer to jump into the mind of somebody that does really questionable and horrifying things. Yeah. It makes the reader go, okay, so in day-to-day life, you would see this person in this light, but now you're inside their mind. Now how do you feel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I find that exciting. So I really liked that, yeah, she played with that. I love that. It was great. <laughs> um, I do want to just say a quick shout out um, to Hope from Picador, who sent us the proofs of Vladimir. Yes. We are very, very lucky and very privileged to get them. Yes. Um, and um, so we just want to thank her and thank Picador as well. Yeah. Um, for giving us the chance really to wax lyrical about it. Exactly. And the novel is released on the 26th of May. So yeah, available in all <laughs> your local bookshops. So before we finish talking about the book i have heard that hannah you've got quite a good quote for us i do yeah and i'm intrigued to see what it is yeah um so you've got a naughty look in your eye i don't um so i thought this quote was um really powerful Mm -hmm. really moving um really bold I, i just thought it kind of said something about female rage that i've never been able to articulate before Okay. So here's the quote. I've always felt the origin of anger in my vagina, and I'm surprised it is not mentioned more in literature. (laughs) I actually remember reading that line and being like, you know what? I think my vagina is angry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I loved that quote. I I hope I had you on then, but I loved that quote. I loved it so much. Oh, you've got to have a bit of the angry vagina. I love Love that. Brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. I I enjoyed that way more than I should have. (laughs) (laughs) So if that's not going to make you read the book, guys, I I don't don't know what will. Um, So now on to our, if you like this, then read this section. Uh, Lydia, what have you got for us? Well, uh, going along the vibes of Dark Academia... I would like to recommend The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Which you've still not managed to get me to read yet. Which I still haven't managed to get you to read, which is very frustrating. Um, But for those of you who have no idea what it's about, basically a group of students um, who study in history and things go a little bit awry. Um, And it's that kind of uh, campus novel and it's very dark, very challenging takes a lot out of you because they're really unlikable people. Uh, Donna Tartt is great at writing unlikable people. And I think that if you were look, if you enjoyed the vibes of this book, if you enjoyed the sort of um, 
academic side of things, the the social norms that play out, the contrasts between the men and the women in the departments and things like that, then The Secret History is right up your street. I thoroughly recommend it as somewhere to start. I also love The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt, so if you're going to start anywhere, start there. But yeah, Secret History fits in a bit more with this. <laughs> How about you? Um, so I wanted to recommend uh, The Exhibitionist by Charlotte Mendelssohn. Um, I read that recently and I think it would be kind of good for this in the sense that it's um, a family drama. So it is exploring the family relationships. It's exploring the dynamic between a husband and a wife. Um, they are both artists in The Exhibitionist, which is kind of similar to how in Vladimir they're both writers mm-hmm. and they're both teachers. But in The Exhibitionist, there is that similar kind of toxic competitiveness between the husband and wife. And I know it's referenced quite early in Vladimir that there was a moment in their marriage um, where the husband, John, was physically abusive to the protagonist um, because of her successes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is very similar to the kind of abusiveness of the husband in The Exhibitionist. He gets really irritated by his wife's success and doesn't like her to be more successful Oh, wow. If she's if she has any further success, he mm. takes it as though it's an attack on him. Wow. Yeah. So I think it's it's similar to the exhibitionist in you know the sense that it's about creatives and about their careers and how the things that they do in their personal lives can impact their careers and mm-hmm. it's about power dynamics and relationships and kind of male privilege in these art and creative spaces great there's a lot of similarities that i could draw between the two yeah um and i think we both had a recommendation for if you like this then read this yeah and that was uh my dog vanessa by kate elizabeth russell absolutely which we both said we wanted to speak about yeah because it is very similar yeah yeah especially in particular with the whole meaty movement and sort of students who are realizing or coming to realize that they've been in relationships or have been well there's no easier way to say it but have been groomed into having relationships with with people in power such as teachers and and professors and things like that and i think that my dark vanessa tells that kind of story yeah in a very very expert way i have yeah. to say some people didn't like it and i totally understand why they didn't yeah but for me i think it told a very important story in really a powerful in a very powerful way mm-hmm. and with empathy for victims mm-hmm. in no way was it sensationalized no but i think again with that it was about the complexities and the nuances of the impulses of the human heart and yeah. how even when she was kind of questioning herself in mm-hmm. my dot vanessa of you know whether this relationship was wrong she still found herself wanting to pursue it yeah how does a victim reconcile their their feelings yeah yeah with what everyone else is telling them yeah yeah mm-hmm. and i think that's really interesting on how we might desire somebody but as you know it said in vladimir like mm. you know she says women desire power mm. And it is just a really interesting look at power dynamics Mm. and how complex the emotions of lust and desire are and this girl is taken advantage of and, you know, how we perceive victims as well. Yeah, and how how those formative years Mm -hmm. and how you're influenced in those formative years, particularly in schools, colleges, university, 
how that that then shapes you as a person yeah and shapes the way that you see sexual relationships yeah you see yourself your own sexual identity yeah and how that can can either negatively or positively influence you as a person yeah, yeah. um and my dark vanessa spans those years for her yeah for the protagonist and it's really interesting yeah i um, think like both with vladimir and my dark vanessa there's a really interesting exploration of like the culture of blaming yeah and and shame and shame, shame is such a big yeah, part of this massively, book massively i mean it's the last word on the page I yeah think. And if you do give us uh, give those a read uh, or if you have any other recommendations similar to vladimir then please do dm us at pair of bookends pod on instagram add to our tremendous tbr pile please do um my friend emma did also mention um that she would recommend us reading notes on a scandal by zoe heller oh that's which is on, a, on my shelf TBRs, yeah. <laughs> also i just want to apologize if you can hear my stomach constantly rumbling rumbling i have not had breakfast yet and it's really loud i'm sorry um but yeah we both need to read notes on a scandal and then mm-hmm. we'll report back now on to the section i am very excited for today me too uh, we usually call this section boyf picks Ugh. uh but lily has escaped that today because today's <laughs> meg's picks meg's picks our gorgeous friend meg has sent us a book um which we're really excited to open it's been sat in my house for a couple of weeks now <laughs> and i finally get to open it and see what it is it's like christmas but lydia do you want to introduce meg to our lovely listeners i would love to introduce meg so meg um her insta handle is at meg in a book um and she is fantastic yeah. she is creative she is lovely she is our biggest advocate let me tell yeah, you right yeah. now she's always asking us questions she's always always involved with everything that we do yeah um and she basically begged me to <laughs> to buy books which was i like, love go on that. then i love that she was um, able to do that but if please 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 go and check out her instagram because um she feed is beautiful her feed is absolutely gorgeous um she takes the best pictures she writes the funniest captions yeah um she's worked in collaboration with a lot of publishers yeah. she gets a lot of, of proofs and yeah. arcs and she loves to kind of and reviews are, are really thoughtful yeah and yeah. she's very honest and open yeah. about what she thinks about books and um yeah. she's also a writer and a playwright and so talented so talented and she also works as a bookseller i know i so mean it's like she's got the life i want she's a jack of all trades <laughs> <laughs> right i'm opening i'm opening the package i'm sure they can hear, hear me rustling right what is it <gasps> We oh oh we've been sent two different two ones. different ones. I'm loving this. Bloody hell, Mac. Okay, um, do you want to talk about the first one? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Meg is sneaky. You only sent one girl. She's sneaky. She sent two. Okay. So the first one I've got in front of me is Life as a Unicorn: A Journey from Shame to Pride and Everything in Between. That is by Amru Alkadi. I hope I've said that name right. Um, so on the back, Amory knew they were gay when age 10 they first laid eyes on Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. <laughs> Already obsessed. <laughs> it was love at first sight. Amory's parents weren't so happy. From that moment on, Amory began searching in all the wrong places for ways to make their dis- divided self whole again. Life as a Unicorn is a hilarious yet devastating story of a search for belonging 
following the painful and surprising process of transforming, transforming, transforming <laughs> from a God-fearing Muslim boy to a queer drag queen, <gasps> strutting the stage in seven-inch heels and saying the things that nobody else dares to. Yes, baby. Can I see a quote from Russell T. Davis on the front? You sure bloody can. I'm going to die. He said, it made me cry, it made me rage, and it made me hoot. It moved my heart and soul. Well, that's me, soul. Okay. Don't need to know anything else, <laughs> to be honest. That sounds amazing. That sounds so good. Yeah. Well, she's done it. She, of course she she's has. done it. Do we have any doubt? No. Of course she has. Um, and the second book, can you believe we've got two different ones? I'm so excited. It's The Reader on the 627 by Jean-Paul, uh, I think it's Didier Laurent, is how you say his name. Um, and I shall read you the blurb. I think it's Ghislaine. Is that how you say it? Ghislaine? We'll go with that. We'll go for it. Ghislaine <laughs> lives on the edge of existence, working at a book pulping factory in a job he hates. He has but one pleasure in life. Sitting on the 627 train each day, he recites aloud to a rapt audience from pages he has saved from the jaws of the pulpy machine. But it is when he discovers the diary of a lonely young woman, Julie, a woman who feels as lost in the world as he does, that his journey will truly begin. Ooh. And before we say anything else, let's hand over to Meg. Sorry, I realise I've rambled on for ages. 
I really hope you enjoy them. Can't wait to hear your thoughts and feelings. And hopefully come up north very soon to give you both a big squeeze. Big love. Oh, God, love her. I cannot wait for that big squeeze, by the way. Me too. <laughs> well, I am astonished. I honestly, I had no idea what she was going to pick, no. really. Um, I knew it was going to be good, mm-hmm. but I didn't have a solid idea. Well, she reads such a vast amount of fiction and non-fiction. Yes. That yeah. I kind of, it's hard to peg something down with Meg yeah. because she's so well read yeah that i was kind of like it could be literally everything it could be yeah yeah but i'm i, I can't believe that she's been so generous and said thank books. you so much we really appreciate it we really do but i mean i'm i'm just loving the idea of both of these yeah me too i love a memoir mm-hmm. um and i think a memoir that explores identity it's about a drag queen so that's all about life on the stage yes Tick my boxes. Uh, Ticking my boxes 100%. <laughs> you know, it's about queerness and about, you know, finding yourself and, you know, obviously exploring the kind of tug of war that Amri must have had between being Muslim mm. and having to come to terms with, you know, maybe not, maybe being in a community that doesn't accept. Yeah their sexuality yeah yeah i mean i'm making great assumptions here but that's what i'm gathering from the blurb yeah and i'm really really excited to read it it sounds so good and the reader on the 67 i mean it sounds like a butler of a dream mm-hmm. i think it's it's hopefully it's going to be one of those yeah. books that we, you can sit down with and just absolutely get lost in and i'm yeah. really eager to read more translated fiction so absolutely yeah i'm really pleased that she sent that look at her just like throwing it smashing out there. it she's always got a good wreck so <laughs> we're very lucky that she sent that thank you so much meg yes and thank, thank you, you for your amazing voice note like Stephen and billy could never no uh <laughs> sorry, I mean... two and a half minutes with full explanations love that we got the cover looked good, sounded all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. We do obviously really appreciate our boyfriends doing this. We're just, yeah. we're just like wanting them up. <laughs> uh, Lydia, what would you rate her picks? <gasps> well, I have to say, so I'm going to rate them both differently. Okay. okay. Because I think it's only fair. Okay. Um, so Life as a Unicorn, five out of five. Yeah. 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 Right up my street. It's going to take all my boxes. Sounds amazing. Russell T. Davis is quoted on the front. Yeah. So I miss Fangirl. Um, I think the reader on the 627, I'm holding out. I'm going to give it a four. I'm intrigued. I love the, um, I love the concept. I love that it's translated. Yeah. Is it going to be a little bit folksy? Is it going to be a little bit like too cheesy? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a bit cheesy? I don't know. Potentially. So I'm holding out on that one. But if it's come from Meg, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. What about you, Hannah? I would probably say the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, five out of five for life as a unicorn. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's anything that I wouldn't enjoy about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the cover. Obviously, obsessed that Russell T. Davis has given it a good <laughs> compliment. But, you know, love everything that it's going to be exploring so excited to read that mm-hmm. uh the reader on the 627 bit more rogue probably wouldn't have picked it up myself mm-hmm. uh but i trust meg uh love the idea of it being wholesome and all bookish is kind of a bookish story did she describe it as a hug in a book i think she did did she i love that yeah she said it was a hug in a book gorgeous <laughs> well there we go sold <laughs> 
Sold to me. Now, on to uh, one of my favourite sections, uh, <laughs> cultural recommendations. Lydia, what have you been enjoying recently? <gasps> okay, so uh, I have got a little bit obsessed with Bridgerton. Have you? I have. So I watched the first season and really enjoyed it last year and um, thoroughly enjoyed it until there was a certain scene that everyone knows about um, where there was basically some non-consensual sex yeah, scenes I know happening. But I thought I'd give it another go for this second season and I have loved it. Oh my goodness, have I loved it. It is sexy. It is fun light fluffy um utter nonsense um <laughs> totally ridiculous i'd never pick up the book because i think it would be total just absolute crud but the the music the costumes the just everything about it is just pure escapism um oh. and it's almost like a re- like reality tv the way that people look down on it yeah you know like it's not it's not worth your time when actually it's fantastic to just sit and watch some mm. like people going at each other or something. Yeah. And Bridgerton for me is that it's such great escapism. When I've had a really long day, I can put an episode of that on and I'm like, yes, this oh, is I'm brilliant. I'm so excited to watch the new season. It's so much fun. And the female protagonist in it, Kate, is the most beautiful woman on this planet. <laughs> Kate Sharma, I, I don't know the actress's name, I've not looked her up yet, but she is absolutely gorgeous. Just the, uh, She's like a goddess. <laughs> she's a goddess, she's beautiful. So yeah, I'm kind of in love with her more than I'm in love with the male protagonist, so it says a lot about me. Um, but yeah, so I've been enjoying that recently. Gorgeous. How about you? Um, I have also been enjoying a series, uh, which I've now finished, um, Vigil on BBC iPlayer. Oh! Yeah, me and Billy have been watching that. And I would say if you listen to Our Wives Under the Sea, uh, our episode on that, and if you have read the book and you're looking for something a bit similar, I would give uh, Vigil a watch. Hang on, is that with Saran Jones? It is with Saran Jones. I've bloody watched it. I couldn't couldn't remember the the name it was. But yes, I've watched it. Saran Jones. And is it Alison Rose or Rose Alison? I don't know which way, way around her name is. But it's with her as well. Rose Leslie. Is it? Yeah. Why did I think Alison? I don't know. It's Rose Leslie. Where's Alison from? Don't know. Different planet. Bloody hell, lads. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's on BBC iPlayer. Uh, I think it's only six episodes. Um, sat on a submarine. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, there's been a murder on a submarine. And Detective, who is played by Saran Jones, the Royal Navy's submarine, which is Vigil. Uh, she's sent down on that for what was originally meant to be a few days, then becomes three weeks, and she's investigating the murder on the submarine. And uh, loads of things happen. I'm not going to give away too much. Oh, it's so twisty and turny. Yeah, isn't it? it is. Uh, loads of things happen. Um, she's trying to figure out how this murder has happened, who's done it. There's a lot of the the workers on the submarine that are kind of preventing her from getting a job done. Um, it also explores her issues with mental health and um, anxiety and depression and uh, grief the loss of her husband and uh, the loss of her stepdaughter and how conflicted she's feeling about that Mm. and also about her realizing that she's in love with a woman when she didn't believe it's like she can't admit it to herself in a way that like but she's fallen in love with a woman and she's kind of coming to terms with that and realizing that and 
it's just it's a really brilliant i mean bbc churn out amazing dramas like it's nothing mm-hmm. um so i knew it was going to be good but really enjoyed that and i think it was a great recommendation for me for if you liked our wives under the sea then yeah. i'll give that a watch yeah um, absolutely and uh i also wanted to recommend the pop fiction women podcast oh yes um i've been really enjoying that it's female-led it's uh hosted by two women who are american and they discuss loads of brilliant pop culture and i really enjoyed their most recent episode which was about conversations with friends oh it was about um the novel and they were both rereading the novel and it was like a massive deep dive into that and obviously as i've just finished rereading it um i really enjoyed listening along they delve into so many different parts of the novel and they compare it to deep water by patricia highsmith i think it's by Ah. which has also recently been adapted on prime Mm -hmm. and apparently similar to that so i'm going to be intrigued to pick that up at some point Mm. but i i just loved listening to them chat about the book and about their thoughts on the book and it just made me even more excited for the adaptation which is coming out on sunday mm. and i wonder if they're going to speak about that as well because i know that um in previous episodes they've spoken about the book of normal people and then about the adaptation as well oh um, nice they speak about like loads of great tv films mm-hmm, books mm-hmm. um so it's well worth a listen it's good fun and dead interesting mm. uh, Lydia, have you got any other recommendations for us well um I can't fully recommend it because I've not really got fully into it. Okay. But I watched the first episode of This Is Us. I am so happy. Yesterday. And within about 10 minutes, I was crying. Standard. And it's got a fabulous reveal at the end. I won't ruin it in case people are wanting to watch the first episode. But it like has done. tons of reveals throughout the whole but series. But I was like, like, what? I was like, this, and the writing, just everything about it, I was like, this is really good. Yes, like the writing's incredible. This is really good. Yeah. Like, I'd, sometimes I get, when I go into a series and things, particularly American TV series, mm. I always kind of go, oh. Like, I have to get into it. It takes me ages. Literally, within, like, the first couple of scenes, I was like, oh, I want to know more. Yeah. These are really unconventional characters. Yeah. These are, are people that are are subversing um, stereotypes. Yeah. And the reveal at the end about who, how everyone was interconnected. Yeah. I was gobsmacked. Me, me jaw was on the floor. I was like, what? Yeah. And so I'm so, like, I'm going to finish Bridgerton and then I'm going to just dive into this as well, I think, because I've just, I really loved it. I'd be really interested to see who your favourites are because uh, my favourites are Beth and Randall. I adore them so Okay, much. I've still not learned people's names. Huh? I've still not learned well, people's names. We'll see. We'll, we'll ask you in a few months. What yeah. You think. Um, but I'm excited to to hear your thoughts. Mm. Um, and yeah, so that'll be my next obsession. So get ready, guys, for the next three episodes of the podcast. We <laughs> me just continually recommending this. Well, we name the podcast. This is us. Um, a crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That it's ended. We've uh, already filmed the last. Episodes. Don't, don't, because I've only just started. I don't want to know purpose. about the end. <laughs> I don't want to know about the end. Um, but that is all we've got time for today. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode on Vladimir. Uh, by the time this episode goes out, it should be within the couple of days of the book being published. So yeah. it will be it will be available in your local bookstores. It's Vladimir by Julia May Jonas and published by Picador. 
thanks again to Hope from Picador for sending us both copies of the book. Um, if you did enjoy this episode, please do rate and review us on all platforms as this helps to boost us in the charts. And please do share us with your pals as this helps us to reach other bookends. But that's everything for today. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.